Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Happy Friday to you, North America. The Mothership has connected. Welcome aboard. It's the four-hour Big Bang Barbecue. DA with you from the CBS Sports Radio Studios in New York City. Broadcasting to affiliates nationwide and north of the border. Anchorage to Atlanta. Billings to Birmingham, Kalamazoo, and Waterloo are on the air. Hey, listening, D.A., everything we saying, D.A., everything. How we doing, everybody? Glad you can join us. Good Friday to you. It's a Target Demo Friday, as always, which means we shall release the Kraken. Cap is cooking up that meme, something fierce. And we'll release it and hear from you guys where you are and how you're listening. We'll do that at the end of the show. We are stacked this morning on the program. Coming your way in 20 minutes, Patrick McEnroe is going to join us. He heads Wimbledon coverage. Yesterday was a delightful day here on this side of the pond on the DA show as Pat Boyle debuted British Bacon. We'll do another edition of Grass-Fed Bacon Coming your way later on this morning, but Patrick McEnroe on Wimbledon will join us in the first hour. A rare first hour live guest. Where else would you rather be? When our guests are coming from different time zones in Europe, we can do that. Also this hour on the show, what is going on at Northwestern? Another coach in another sport, excused of his duties, for abusive behavior, not Pat Fitzgerald. Wild. Also this morning on the program, we will have the AD of the Cincinnati Bearcats, John Cunningham, as the Bearcats have made the transition into the Big 12. And TCU head coach Sonny Dykes. Now, Sonny was very vocal yesterday about expansion across college football and Ruffled some feathers as TCU Horned Frogs, obviously, making it to the college football playoff last season, all the way to a national championship game. We'll have Sonny Dykes joining us this morning on the program, hour number four. Today begins 
The second half of the baseball season, although technically we're past the midway point, but after the All-Star break, we now have the stretch run, which means we're just a couple of weeks away. It's July the 14th already. What is going on ahead of Major League Baseball trade deadline? And there is really only one story here ahead of the trade deadline, and that is... Will the Angels trade Shohei Otani? And if they do, what do they get back? Well, the Angels began the season looking like they would finally break this postseason jinx, postseason drought. Mike Trout's injury, amongst other things, another low production Anthony Rendon season, amongst other problems, the Angels have slid once again. The Angels are a game under 500. They are seven back in the American League West behind the Rangers. And they find themselves out of the wild card spots as well. At the moment, the Orioles, Blue Jays, and Astros would get the American League wild card slots. After that, Yankees, Red Sox, Mariners. And then the Angels are five back of the final American League wild card slot. And so. With two weeks plus to go before the trade deadline, what do the Angels do with Shohei, perhaps the most desirable player ever to potentially be traded at a deadline? It is where we begin, your cold open. It's about everyone, and these are two great players. You know, Shohei's not going anywhere. My kids will never talk to me again. If that <laughs> so, uh, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be an angel, and, and hopefully... Not just this year, but going forward. Well, you start with the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, <laughs> the Rangers, the Rays. Maybe a small handful of teams, but there's no doubt. In talking with sources yesterday, they see the Yankees potentially being the most motivated because Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, they're middle-aged players right in the, the prime of their careers. This is the Yankees' window to win now. You bring in Otani, suddenly the Yankees' rotation with him involved looks so strong. Otani hitting in Yankee Stadium, which favors left-handed sluggers. That's uh, something I'm sure the Yankees would be willing to pay for if Otani is made available by the Angels. I don't believe it! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending... It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. You heard Angels general manager Perry Manassian there on MLB Network saying Shohei's not going anywhere. His kids would be mad at him. And that was also Buster only on ESPN. Now note that Manassian, those were quotes from back in December. So before the season began. Joe Madden joined MLB Network yesterday and said he does not think that the Angels and owner Artie Moreno will trade Shohei Otani. This is what I think they should do. Now, what they do is anybody's guess. Remember that the value of holding on to Shohei Otani's rights and not trading him or trading for him is that you get a jump on a contract extension. You get a jump on trying to renegotiate a deal before he hits free agency. So for the Angels, that's the inherent value even if you're not going to make the postseason this year. That just by virtue of holding on to him through the month of August and September, you're getting a 60-day to 90-day jump on anybody else jumping into the fray. What I think the Angels should do is I think they should weigh exactly where they are 
the eve of the trade deadline. And I don't think they can blink and refuse to trade Shohei. Because the worst thing in the world would be to hold on to Shohei Otani, assuming it gives you a leg up, and then him walking out the door for a huge free agent contract and you receiving nothing but a middle-round compensation pick. That would be the absolute worst thing that could happen. Now, if the Angels are in the thick of this race in two weeks from now, then I think they should have every right to hold on to him. Because if Shohei wants to win, and you're showing him, we can win here, we're close, and look at how it feels, look, holding on to Shohei is the priority. You'll never have another player like him. You won't. You'll never have another player this great at both of the things that he does in the middle of his prime. So it's kind of crazy to even think about trading him unless you have to. However, if you're out of it and you get a sense he's not re-signing here, then you've got to look at a deal. And you would be crazy if you're the Angels and you do not consider it. These are just mock trades, okay? So these are not done by any American League general manager or anonymous GM somewhere. But these are some mock trades on the market. If the Yankees were to trade for Shohei Otani... I saw one deal that had the Angels getting the Yankees' sixth prospect, Everson Pereira, their 11th prospect, Yendris Gomez, Elijah Dunham, their 18th prospect, Matt Sauer, their 22nd prospect, and then two young players in Clark Schmidt and Davey Garcia. That's the package for Shohei if you're the Yankees. I saw one for the Mariners. The Mariners would give up their number three prospect, Brian Wu, a right-hander. Their number five prospect, Emerson Hancock, a right-hander as well. Their number nine prospect, Tyler Locklear. Their number 15 prospect, Cade Marlowe. And Juan Pinto, their number 18 prospect. You were talking about five of your top 15 prospects for a two-month rental. Two months. So if you're the Angels... You have to ask for truth and transparency from the Shohei camp over the next two weeks and say, do you want to be here long-term? Because if you do, we want you here and we will work on a deal as much as you want to work towards a deal before we even get to the offseason or just give us an exclusive window if you just want to focus on this regular season the moment the year ends and we will get something done. And if you have truth on both sides and Shohei wants to stay and Shohei's comfortable there seemingly, likes his teammates, likes the city, chose Anaheim, L.A. for a reason, wanted the West Coast, wanted, I think, a market that had international communities, I think also wanted maybe less of the pressure than would come with the Yankees or the Dodgers. He wants to be there. But you've got to be honest with him and say, if we're not winning this season, are you going to be okay signing an extension here? Because if not, the Angels have trade packages that would supplement a farm system for a decade. And the, the unfortunate truth is you're not winning anything right now with Shohei. And so it's not like if you trade him away, you're trading away a chance at a World Series. You've had him now for the last couple of years, along with Trout and others, and haven't even been able to make the postseason yet. 
It is the storyline right now of the next two weeks, whether the Angels shop Shohei. And if they continue to be outside of the playoff race and the deadline comes up and a team is going to unload a farm system for you and you've got a sense, yeah, Shohei is already getting itchy to leave, then the Angels should make a deal. Now, whether they will remains to be seen. 855-212-4CBS or on Twitter, DA on CBS. Yesterday, Pat Boyle delivered the debut British bacon. Today, we'll have another installment of grass-fed bacon. And we'll also go out to Wimbledon. Patrick McEnroe is going to join us. Coming up here next, live from Wimbledon, DA, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Laughter is the only medicine. (laughs) The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. 19 minutes past the hour. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. You can listen to us on hundreds of affiliates nationwide and also on SiriusXM channel 158. Listen to us on your phone for free as well. It's the free Odyssey app, which streams the DA show and the rest of CBS Sports Radio and every one of your Odyssey sports stations. Also, the CBS Sports app, where you get your sports news and sports scores. Scroll down to audio and listen to CBS Sports Radio there as well. Well, what a week it's been. And next week gets even better. Next week is Mraz's final week here on the show. And so I've got some surprises for you and for him. They're coming together nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Wimbledon. How cool is this? Rarely in hour number one do we have a live guest, but that's happening right now because we've got somebody across the pond for us. He is the president 
of the International Tennis Hall of Fame in beautiful Newport, Rhode Island, where I just was last week for 4th of July. Induction Weekend and the Newport Hall of Fame Open are coming up. He's one of the lead announcers on ESPN's tennis coverage at Wimbledon. Been calling matches there for the past two weeks. Joining us this morning here on the show live from the grass courts is Patrick McEnroe. Patrick, good morning. <laughs> good morning, D.A. I wish I was actually on the grass courts because they are pristine, man. They are beautiful over here. But I'm in our ESPN studios. We're coming on live in about 40 minutes with men's semifinal day. I'm hoping for two great matches. I think the two favorites, Alcaraz and Djokovic, will probably win, and that could be an epic final. But it's been an amazing tournament. You may be able to see behind me. Let me move a little bit. There, The tarps that are on the course because it is raining, but, of course, there's a roof over center court, so that won't matter. So there's a decent chance that both men's semifinals will be played with the roof closed but they will be played. It's a 1.30 local start time here. So that is, what's that, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. For those of us that adore and admire the grass courts and we mow our lawn to get as close as possible, <laughs> what is it like to step on that level of grass? Does it feel like you're stepping on glass or something like that? Uh, it's you know what it's actually my one of my favorite things to do in the world is to come when I come to Wimbledon I come a day or so early and I just walk around these pristine grounds at the All England Club walk onto those courts they're meticulous in the way they prepare them and you're right they have they and they actually change the type of grass that they use here about a little over 20 years ago because they were getting tired of all the serve and volley and just bang, bang tennis. So they changed the, the complexion of the, of the grass. They mow it very, very tight. I don't know if it's as tight as you at your house, DA. <laughs> I hear you take care of your yard pretty well. But it's amazing to see. Um, and I think it's made the tennis actually a lot better over the years. I mean, it's still, um, it's still good to be an aggressive player on grass. But you can now play from the back of the court. You can play all different types of shots. There's nothing like the – we have the grass courts that you mentioned up in Newport at the Tennis Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. which are amazing too. And we have our tournament coming up next week. I'll be going straight up to Newport next week. Can't wait to be back up there. And, of course, the Hall of Fame induction. But there's nothing. And I mean nothing like the grass court here at the All England Club. Patrick McEnroe from Wimbledon joining us this morning on the show. Djokovic taking on Yannick Sinner, and Djokovic has been doing this for a long time. What's been the key, in your estimation, for a guy being this great for such an extended window? Well, he's a freak of nature. That's, that helps. Well, let's start with that. Um, I think the fact, D.A., that he was constantly chasing down Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer, you know, to become, first of all, just to become number one, then to kind of keep up with them in the, in the Grand Slam tally, the major tally. And now he's, you know, he's blown past Federer. Of course, he beat him in the epic final here a couple of years ago. That even the, the major tally at 20 for all three guys when he beat Federer here in that five-set final, in 2019 of course then there was a pandemic year Wimbledon wasn't even played in 2020 uh and now he's won the last two in fact the last time he lost a match DA this is Novak Djokovic on center court at Wimbledon was 10 years ago 
okay, in the wow. final. He has lost a match or two on the other big court, court number one. But he's just – he's gotten better with age. His movement is phenomenal. He's uh, added to his game with bigger second serve, ability to come to the net a little bit more. But I think what's amazing to me as I watch him now at 36 with Federer retired, Nadal maybe closer to the retirement, unfortunately, because of his injury issues. He wants it as much now as he ever did. He's got 23 majors. He's one ahead of Nadal now. And he's an overwhelming favorite to do it again this year. Now, that being said, I'm pumped up about these semifinals because you've got Yannick Sinner, who's one of the top young players in the game, and Carlos Alcaraz both here in the Wimbledon semifinal for the first time in their careers. And these are the guys who are knocking on the door, but nobody's been able to beat Djokovic in this type of match um, really ever. I mean, Medvedev did beat him a couple of years ago at the U.S. Open final, and he's alive too. He takes on Alcaraz today in semifinal number two. We just saw an American eliminated the other day in the quarterfinal, and that's Christopher Eubanks. And he's got a great charisma. He's got a great personality. I think Americans really like him. They've taken to him. What is it about Eubanks' style of play or personality that you think is so magnetic for fans? Well, he, he he's having fun out there, number one. And he shows his emotions out there. Uh, obviously, his story is amazing, playing college tennis at Georgia Tech. You know, he finished playing college tennis in 2017. So this guy's been toiling away in the, the the minor leagues. We call it the challenger tour in tennis, which is, by the way, a lot of really good players. It's like AAA in baseball. Guys on the cusp of making it to the show, to the big time. But Eubanks has been there for five, six years, not even able to get into the top 100. Finally, he did it this year. Had a run in Miami, actually lost to Medvedev, the guy who beat him here in five sets in the quarterfinal. Then he comes into Wimbledon, wins his first ever title in Mallorca, you know, the, ten, the, the island in Spain where actually Rafael Nadal is from. That's one of the big tune-up tournaments. And then he just gets on this unbelievable run here at Wimbledon. But again, he plays to the crowd. He's having fun out there. He's very, very charismatic on the court and very well-spoken off the court. So you combine all those things with his story and his game, which is well-suited for grass with the big serve, but he's a guy that's six foot seven that can move well. You know, it used to be DA way back in the dark ages when I played. If you played someone that was over six four or six five in tennis, you're like, oh, this guy can't move. I just get a serve back, points over, I win. But it's really changed now because you've got such great athletes that are getting taller, bigger, more versatile. Medvedev's another guy. He's six foot six and he's a counterpuncher, which is crazy. Um, uh, so I think that he's going to translate big time. He's going to go back to Atlanta where he's from. He's going to play in their tournament there. And he is going to be a huge story going into the U.S. Open, Chris Eubanks. I love him, and he is great for tennis and great for American tennis. Women's final set for tomorrow. Jabor taking on Vandrusova. And I'm wondering what it is like at Wimbledon with the first year minus Serena. She takes up so much oxygen on the tour, an American celebrity, an international tennis celebrity as well. Good for the women's game, or can you feel the the lack of presence of Serena? Well, I think you always feel the lack of presence. She's she's the greatest ever. So when she's you know now that she's out of the game, uh, you feel that. That at the same time, in the last at least year or two that she was playing, you know she wasn't a huge factor week in week out on the tour. So I think the tour is is used to that. I think it hurts the game overall. It's just like Federer not being here. It's weird. You know, Roger Federer not being here, the greatest champion ever 
at Wimbledon, although, as I said, Djokovic could win number eight. So the women's game is still trying to kind of figure out where it's going because you've got Sviantec, who's number one. Sabalenka could have been number one if she had closed out Jabor yesterday in the semifinals. So you've got a bunch of really good players, but do you have someone that's of the nature of – I mean, Serena, no, you're not going to have someone like that, but at least someone that is really, really solidly at the top. And Jabor now, having got to the final last year, getting to the final of the U.S. Open, she deserves to be in the conversation about being the elite. But more importantly, D.A., what she brings to the table is the fact that she's from Tunisia. She's an Arab woman, you know, representing Africa as well. No one's ever won uh, something like this from that's got her background. So that would be, you know, she's playing with a lot more on her shoulders than just trying to win a Wimbledon title. But I think she's ready to do it. Vondrosova has been an amazing story. She's a great athlete. Uh, she sort of came out of nowhere in this tournament. But we're sort of used to that happening in women's tennis. Jabor's been there. I think her experience playing last year in the Wimbledon final will be enough to get her through and win her first major title tomorrow. Patrick McEnroe joins us from Wimbledon as coverage begins here shortly. And he's also the president of the International Tennis Hall of Fame in beautiful Newport, Rhode Island. My in-laws live in Narragansett. We were up there last <laughs> week for the 4th of July week. Got to sit outside, look at the water, have a few cocktails, check out the Newport Bridge. It is just absolutely gorgeous. So you guys got a, a big weekend coming up in Newport, and fans can stream in and spend a, a beautiful summer weekend in that great town. Uh, sign me up, DA. I will be there. Uh, sounds like you had a great time. I'm looking forward to it. I've been up there a bunch the last couple of months since I took on this new role as the president. But there's so much history there. It is the place where the history of tennis is. It's there. It's the, t the Tennis Hall of Fame Museum. The tournament happening next week as well, which is always a lot of fun. The only grass court tournament still left in the good old USA and the induction ceremony next weekend. So it's a phenomenal weekend. If you're up there in the area, come visit us up there. I'll be getting up there midweek. I fly home Monday morning, see my kids, see my wife, boom, straight up to Newport. So I'm looking forward to being up there. It's going to be a heck of a weekend. Is there anything better than a Dell's Shandy or perhaps <laughs> a little Whaler's IPA, a lobster roll in the Tennis Hall of Fame in Newport? Nothing like it, baby. Nothing like it. You you got it. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy, enjoy the Wimbledon weekend. Thanks so much, Patrick. Patrick McEnroe joining us this morning here on the DA Show live from Wimbledon. And that is a treat. How often do we get a live guest in the first hour of the show? But you're zooming ahead. Six-hour difference in London. Is that right? A five. Five-hour? Five-hour mm -hmm. difference? So Patrick and the rest of the crew up and ready to go. Now, is this a direct response to yesterday's grass-fed bacon, did they hear that and say, we need to be on this show, here's PMAC? We've oftentimes said that Canadian bacon has been one of the great marketing tools for the NHL postseason now for three, four years right. running. That the league doesn't know about. The league maybe doesn't know, mm -hmm. but maybe is perhaps behind closed doors thrilled that ratings have gone up, television ratings, and they got a new television deal basically because of Canadian bacon. Right. So now with grass-fed bacon, it is possible. Tennis is saying the same thing. We've got to get our analysts on the DA show if they're going to be doing these types of marketing things for us. Yeah, Patrick's uh, PR guy actually reached out to me yesterday and said, groundbreaking stuff that you guys just did on the DA show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh -huh. Patrick heard it as dying to come on the show. Uh-huh. Palpable buzz in London. Um, what are we going to do when uh, old Shawnee boy is somewhere else 
and he does something like Canadian bacon. Like, if they start to make him do the things mm. from this show, like, how's mm. this happening? We're sue him. That's what we're going to do. Well, <laughs> it does beg the question that we brought up previously about how they will use Shawnee Shoe. Right. How, I mean, if they're not allowing him to be called Mraz, are they going to allow him to do the bits that we do? Or is it just going to be like, hey, straight sports talk. We just want that from you. None, none of these crazy bits that you used to do on the DA show. It feels like our our company would do that, would hire him for being Mraz and then make him change his name and his personality. That seems like they've actually done that before to people around here. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's more likely that they're going to just start stealing our playbook and it we're going to have to make possible. some kind of stand. It is possible. And look, I love the guys down the hallway. They do a great job. But I don't think they have the overall creativity that we do here on the show and so if we start seeing them do things like that, you know it's just a straight ripoff. A hundred percent. Don't you steal know. our place. You know it's a straight ripoff. Or, as we've joked about, Mraz starts flailing like, what do I do now? <laughs> uh, can I do puns? You want me to do bad puns? <laughs> I'll do highlights. We'll play some music. Bad puns, guys. What do you I, want me to eat? What do you want me to eat? I can hear Tiki now. Next segment, it's Bacon from Canada, or look back at the Ranger playoff game last night. <laughs> Northern bacon. Yeah. Northern bacon. You might you might have to trademark Canadian bacon, even though Sean created the segment, right? It is a, it is a staple of the DA show. You might have to trademark it. Well, he didn't quite create it. It was, I think... Um, collaboration. Collaboration. Creation of the segment. He certainly took it to a different level. His signature is all over it. Right. But it's like working at, you know, IBM or whatever. When you're in the building, your ideas are their ideas. It's not your property, even though you might have thought about it and pitched it and it might have become the next supercomputer. That's IBM's idea, not yours. So, like, within these walls, we are we're gifting our creativity to the show. It belongs to the show. And in all seriousness, I've actually watched this happen in real time. I, for six months or so, eight months or so, hosted a Sunday show on the BetQL network, which is our sister radio network that is all betting content all the time. So I did the show with a great guy called Chris Mack. He's fantastic, was previously the morning show in Pittsburgh, still part of their, their station, and I instituted a lot of the types of things we do here. Themes, music, write scripts, quotes, and, you know, pizzazz it up and it make it like appropriately corny. And I left that show because I ended up going back to Sunday morning football. This was in the offseason. And then I didn't go back this offseason. And Mraz took my slot full time. And Mraz just uses the same exact segments that I created, same exact opening, same exact production, same Shocker. exact everything. Well, so. and he burps and he farts and he wears stupid clothes and he says silly things and I think he eats gross stuff. I mean, he's just him. Yes. Promotion. Yeah. Yeah. He's taken the playbook and just plopped it right down there. And said, I'll do the same. <laughs> hey, isn't that what the best students do, though? Steal the playbook, man. Well, the thing is, I'm not even sure that he's stealing the playbook. Like, he just walked into the classroom. The textbook was open. He just started reading it. Like, right. he, didn't even, Ooh, what's this? he right. didn't even bother doing anything else. Didn't even bother to try to, to do anything else. Do, 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 do. Oh, what's this? Oh, it's a playbook. I'm going to use it. 
Is he is he back from his lake vacation? No, uh, he's in Sesame Place. Yeah, now. he's in part two ah. now. Yeah. Is he wearing the hat yeah. at Sesame Place? Another one. He's got a yellow match. He's a big bird t shirt and a matching yellow bucket hat. Okay. Now we're at the point where he's distinctly just flagging people down for attention. Yeah, and I, and again, I've been off the air for a week. Please notice right, me. The actual Big Bird gave his notice. Yeah, and again, like that's the pictures we get. <laughs> there's eight pictures of him looking like a doofus, and there's one of his cute kids at Sesame Place. But he actually like as he wants to be everything that is Sesame Place, and he wants to be the poster boy for it. He's got the Big Bird shirt, the matching bucket hat, and yet he makes a video yesterday. He goes. What a day at Sesame Place. 98, 98 degrees, sweaty band-aids floating in the pool. Like you you love that. You're embracing it. You want all of that. And then he goes, signature, Outback Steakhouse. Nice. Well, he'll be back on Monday, and there will be a cast of thousands to wave him farewell. Basically, it's like getting on an ocean ship liner back in 1908. And we're all gonna be <laughs> From the docks waving goodbye as he takes off on his <laughs> transcontinental sail. How far is the iceberg? We were going, <laughs> he's smashing some Dom Perignon on the on the deck, and away he goes. Standing by for headlines, here's Andrew Bogish. Guys, former NFL QB Phillip Rivers is doing what Boyle can only dream of, although <laughs> Phil's seed is not being spread. This it is has, amazing. It has one destination. Rivers and his wife Tiffany. already have seven girls and two boys, <laughs> and now they're expecting another boy in the fall. So let me do that math. Yep. That's seven girls yep. plus two boys right. plus another boy. Isn't eight yep. times four forty-two? And then you can get another one, and that would get you to fifty. No, I I think the answer is <laughs> number ten. Yeah, ten wow. kids. Leave this lady alone. What a tremendous produced uh, little update there from Bogues. Really well done. I mean, <sighs> what do you mean leave her alone? It's his wife. She, but, don't you think she wants the kids? Otherwise, she'd be saying, "Put a raincoat on, Philly." <laughs> I'm gonna say, <laughs> is it that hard to wear something? Is it that hard to just not do it there? Can't you do it anywhere else? Yeah, you could. <laughs> Multiple spots. <laughs> also, here we go. Couldn't you, couldn't you take the seed out of the fertilizer? Right, there's multiple yes. avenues to yes. avoid this end result. Exactly. Are you actively looking for a tenth mouth to feed? <laughs> This seems impossible. And let's face it, it begs the question, was Phillip Rivers a more effective quarterback or is he a more effective impregnator? A producer of kids. Producer. 100%. For sure. Now, the, like, the crazy thing He's a borderline is, Hall of Fame quarterback, right. but it, him producing kids is at a different level. And not, a, not a Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame seed spreader. Yeah. And... His oldest is about to play quarterback for him at the high school he coaches at, and he's about to have another kid. Like, and he's younger than us; he's only forty-one. I will no thanks on new diapers. Like, I don't want. I AJ's the best. I don't want your life again, though. I did it twice. Nor should you. That was enough. I don't want this. And this guy (laughs) just keeps signing up for more of this. This has got to be a situation where his wife does everything. That he just. He parks the truck, and then she just takes care of the kid, nurses, formula, whatever, wakes up, burbs, diapers. I mean, 
Exactly. Like, why would any dad ever want to do this for a tenth time? And, and they probably have somebody else in the house. That's too. a great point. Yes, too. It's easy. That's a living. Like we're taking situation. out a collection plate for them. Yeah. Know? No matter what the work <laughs> breakdown is, they have the ability to have every possible advantage and bit of help. But I also think it's what what, what might be in play here. And I'm saying this seriously. Like they're very religious. Even in the story, he's like God decided we had needed another kid. It's possible that they don't believe in anything to prevent pregnancy. Yeah, it's probably. And they probably could have had 20 kids by now. And just yeah. by, they're actually on the low end of the luck scale. I think they're Catholic, right? And so it's just Definitely like. Definitely Christian. I don't know what, they're, what. I think they're just, yeah, they're they're Catholic. And they're just, no, no matter how many times we need to get it done, we're just going to keep getting it done until it stops getting done. Dixieland Dan in the Twitch chat says, this man couldn't pull out of a driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what type of decision-making that is, but it's not like they're the only people that do this. There is there's plenty of families that, that have massive amounts of kids. You just, you scratch your head and go like, at what point? And now, is it better than Antonio Cromartie? I suppose it is. At least they're all under one roof. Yeah. And and, and Phil knows their names. They all know their dad, right? But <laughs> But to that point, isn't there a point in time where you have eight kids and you start forgetting them? You're like, oh right, like there's Tommy. Oh um, right, what, what's that? What's the sixth kid's name? Whose birthday is what today? You've got to get things confused. You got it. You got to wear the bracelet. I feel like you got to get a bracelet with every kid's name. You're like, uh, what's this guy's name again? Could you wear remember, him in order of age? Could you remember ten birthdays? No, that's what I was gonna say. I got two kids. I know their names stone cold. <laughs> That's good. But nice. there are times, Great like, job. when you go to, like, to pick up a prescription, like, and you got to give a birthday, I have to, like, sit there and sometimes remember. And that's two. And that's two because I'll, like, just flip around months and days <laughs> yeah. and years. Like, how old is Jake again? I'm, like, counting backwards. There's zero chance that dude can give us 10 birthdays. There's no way. No way. Can he give us all 10 names in a row, you know, when they all came, all 10 middle names in a row, and all 10 birthdays? There's no chance. I mean, he did remember an NFL playbook. Maybe he is good at this. <laughs> I, I, I think he could do that. Birthdays, you yeah. think? Ten? Yeah, they're your kids. Birthdays is tough. Ten? I don't even. I don't even remember my sister's nephews, and I see them all the time. If you were married ten times, there's no way you'd remember Pete. your ten wives' birthdays. Well, I actually, <laughs> I'm starting to forget everything about the first one. Right? Yeah, there you go. Right? There you go. But that's purpose. By, that's by purpose. Though. You walked right into that one. <laughs> Also, how many girls does he have? Seven, Seven girls. It'll be and the third boy is coming. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And imagine being like the kid you said the one the oldest is about to play quarterback for him for high school. Imagine being somebody growing up in that town, and you're like, yeah, my son's gonna play quarterback one day for so and so <laughs> yeah. high school. No, it's not. Cause it's gonna be Rivers for four years. Rivers for four years. Rivers for four years. Good luck. Good luck battling those genes. Yeah, or you wanted to be the ace of the softball team. No chance. There's rivers for four years, rivers for four years, rivers, 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 rivers for four years. All right, ladies, here's the lineup today. Batting first, rivers. <laughs> Batting second, rivers. Batting third, rivers. Batting fourth, rivers. Batting fifth, rivers. Batting sixth, rivers. Batting seventh, Johnson. Batting eighth, rivers. And batting ninth. You know, Whoever. this is this is worth a, 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 a question as well. If you are religious and you just believe, like, you can't wear a raincoat or you can't have a procedure, uh, have a procedure, medically you, prevent it, or you cannot pull out of the driveway, 
do you just have to avoid sex at all costs until you want a kid? I th- Think about it. Yeah. Mm. Until you want a kid? Right? Like, if the Rivers just believe in you conceive every time that... Right, whatever you, happens, happens. ...you have sex, then do you have to remove yourself until you're actually like, okay, we're ready to have another child, so now we can start again? No, you got to have a better two-minute warning game plan. <laughs> <laughs> or have the Rivers had sex ten times, and they're just that effective. Eleven. <laughs> Ten for ten. <laughs> Hopefully they're more effective than he was in the playoffs. Clearly they are. Uh, Double check Brady-esque. There is actual football news this morning as well. The Jets and D-tackle Quinn and Williams finally have an extension in place. It's reportedly four years, $66 million guaranteed dollars. That's the largest guarantee in team history. And only Aaron Donald makes more at the position based on annual average value. Northwestern's expected to make defensive coordinator David Braun their interim coach for the coming season. Braun was only hired in January, so he had nothing to do with the hazing scandal that cost Pat Fitzgerald his job. Meanwhile, the school had to fire baseball coach Jim Foster yesterday for bullying players and creating a toxic work environment. An investigation before the season confirmed the problems, but Foster worked the entire year anyway. His team went 10-40, and multiple staffers left the team, and 16 players entered the portal. And the Chicago Bulls have reportedly received a disabled player exemption for Lonzo Ball, who will miss the coming season with chronic knee troubles. The Bulls now have $10.2 million to spend on a one-year contract or to acquire a player in the final year of his current deal. DA, back to you. Thank you, Bogues. Phillip Rivers, 10 children, 5 playoff wins. (laughs) He's doubled up. Two kids for every playoff win. When we come back on the show, more on that Northwestern story. DA, CBS Sports Radio. You And you, more importantly, this wasn't... A, it's, a, it's 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. What are you... I, I, it frustrates me. Ooh. What? Wake up. Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Who cares? Stay awake. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right. And a happy Friday to you. DA, CBS Sports Radio. We appreciate you being with us, and you can watch us. WatchDA.com is available on any device, also on Twitch and on YouTube. Oh, Josh has a good one. Mean Mountaineer tweets, DA, the Wimbledon segment with Boyle should be called Fish and Chips. Don't infringe on Canadian bacon by ripping bacon from the name and inserting it everywhere. All nibbly-bibbly. He's got a point. Not a bad name. Fish and chips is good. That's good. That's really good. I had grass-fed bacon on the topic sheet today, but maybe we change this to fish and chips as Boyle will do another Wimbledon update coming up here later on in the program. You just heard Bogish mention this. Now Northwestern has fired its baseball coach also for abusive practices. The hell is going on at Northwestern? Now, to be fair to Pat Fitzgerald, he's going to fight this. And try to clear his name or at least get a whole lot of money at a Northwestern. And so until we have the full details of that, I'm going to hesitate to say with any certainty that Fitzgerald was being abusive or knew about abuse or didn't know about abuse and abuse is happening and the hazing and sexualization of hazing. I mean, as I mentioned before, I find it Really hard to believe that you could have a whiteboard in a team meeting room in 2022 or 2023 and have things like naked bear crawl on there and it 
didn't sound the alarms on coaches or staff members or somebody like, oh, what are we doing here, guys? But sounds like in Northwestern, this guy was tough to deal with. Kids transferred. Staffers left. They lost a lot of games. And you got to think that what happened with Fitzgerald blows up in their face. And they go, now we got to clear the deck on everybody that we got questions about around here. And so Foster is the next victim of all of this. But the wild thing is, if you thought about archaic, barbaric, abusive, old-school coaching tendencies or cultures in college sports, Northwestern would be the farthest place from that. Northwestern is this leafy suburb. Evanston, Illinois is a wealthy enclave outside of Chicago, Massive houses on the water, elite academic school. You're just talking about an elite law school, elite journalism school, teams that never win anything. You know, if this happened at some junior college in the panhandle of Oklahoma, you might be like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, they're a little behind the eight ball there. But Northwestern? These things are happening. In- Could you ever think that there was going to be multiple programs that had this type of stuff going on? Just wild. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.